Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is a broadcast that we do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's live on YouTube and on Facebook, and then it's available on a whole bunch of different podcast outlets from there. And this is our opportunity to take the information that we compiled into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. Mm -hmm. A few years back, we wrote the book and it was based on our lengthy experience facilitating pet loss groups in New Jersey. Nancy actually facilitated pet loss groups for 30 years in New Jersey. And I joined her for 11 or so years. And this new medium allows us to take a much broader reach, have a much broader reach. And, and we like very much to dialogue with you. So if you have comments or questions during this broadcast, I'm happy to be listening live. Don't hesitate to put them in the text and we'll try to respond to them. And also we'd love to hear from you and hear your stories, your suggestions for guests, your questions. And so please uh, don't hesitate to write to us. If you do write to us and you tell us a personal story, and a lot of the times we use personal stories on this program, and we're going to do that today. We're going to share at least one personal story because it's just very helpful to other people Mm -hmm. to hear the reality of what some others are going through in in their grief process. Mm -hmm. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez, and that's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C dot com. And we'll write back to you, even if we don't have the opportunity to share your your email or your story with us on the program. But if you would like us to, please let us know. Like say yeah. something in the note that that says you're allowing us to share because. Most people are good with sharing and some people just, you know, that's not going to be comfortable for them. And that's fine. We understand that. Mm -hmm. You can support our program through a Venmo contribution or through PayPal. You can actually subscribe and be a monthly contributor. We are certainly very happy to receive any such gifts, but we also want you to know that we don't, uh, we don't expect that from you. (laughs) We do this really as a labor of love, as a labor of love to, to give as much support as we can to people who are at a really vulnerable place in their lives. We also like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a multifaceted animal welfare association, been in existence since 1969. It's really a linchpin of the of the community of support for animals and their people in our mm-hmm. area. And Dakin also supports a monthly Zoom pet loss group that I facilitate. And you can join that group from anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world by going to Dakin Humane, that's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org and slash programs. There's actually a link in the description to this podcast that will get you there directly. Mm-hmm. And so consider joining that that program, that uh, group. It's been it's been running now for about six mm-hmm. months, and we've had great participation. And people always 
give and share and learn from one another. I always learn as well. So don't hesitate to, to come and join us. And I would also just ask, if you are inclined, subscribe on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you subscribe on YouTube, it doesn't cost anything to do that. You just press the button to subscribe. That helps other people see the program because when they're searching on YouTube, the more subscribers there are, the higher this program will will rank in the in the list that comes up for them for pet loss support. So if you think this program is valuable and you subscribe, it'll help it to get before other people who may benefit. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop there, Nancy, and you can get us started. Please. Yes, we have a very lovely story from Cynthia, whose cat Toby, her sweet Toby, died recently. And there were there were a lot of interesting things that she spoke about um, in context to her her love and her connection and relationship to Toby and how Toby had followed her. She is a traveler like we've had in the past. Um, but Ken's going to read her initial email. And we told her that we were going to do this tonight. So we hope she's listening. And she emailed again uh, us the, today, and I'm going to read that one. So, but a lot of things will come up um, in her beautiful story about her Toby. So here's, here is Cynthia's first note. So she wrote, Dear Nancy and Ken, below is what I posted on Facebook yesterday. I'm single, have no children, and live alone. Toby has been my son, in quotations, since he was a kitten. Yesterday, I cried and wailed so much that I used an entire double roll of toilet paper as Kleenex. Then she has a little emoji. <laughs> I learned how to meow like him to call him from the other side of the house to come sit with me. He would then do his kneading and purr, you know, the way cats knead. Oh, I love that. <laughs> he would come meow next to me so that I would follow him and sit with him while he ate. He slept with me and spooned when the weather was not too hot. We lived in Colorado for many years, where I also didn't have family nor a spouse. He helped me through career changes, professional licensing exams, etc. Then four years ago, I quit my job, sold or, go, or gave away everything, and moved to Spain. I couldn't have done it without him. And then the COVID lockdowns. I will not be able to get another cat as I will finally be exploring Europe and maybe doing volunteer work in Africa, etc. So how does a single person with no family in the same country cope with an empty, quiet home with no one to hug, etc.? I don't even want to eat. I'm in so much pain. I miss hugging him so much. I have friends, but I don't live with them. I'm trying to focus on the fact that we were lucky to be together for 17 years And now he's healthy and happy and not suffering on the other side. The bathroom ceiling light flickered yesterday. Maybe he was saying, I'm still with you. Thank you for your podcast and support. We really need you. You have my permission to use this in your podcast. Just please let me know if and when you will use it. Sincerely, Cynthia. And Cynthia is in Spain, in Malaga, Spain. Now, also, I think that she was in New York at some point in time. So she had um, gotten around a little bit. And it was only her and Toby, right? Yep. yep. And so, you know, 17 years, 
is law. I mean, some marriages don't last 17 right. years. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Most marriages don't last. <laughs> so you, you've got this beautiful cat that went through all of these life experiences with her. And, you know, there's something so wonderful about that unconditional love and that support that you get from an animal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was with her and soothed her and she could talk to him and hug him, kiss him. And the hard part now is that tr- transition that he's here, but he's not physically there anymore. Yeah, and she's, she's isolated. She yes. doesn't have people around her. And, and we've had this question before, and there are things you can do, like you can certainly get on uh, online assistance mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. You can get on to pet loss websites where you can leave your story and see other people's stories. You can get on groups. There are, there's my group, there's other groups where you can get that kind of support. And also one of the things that we have now that we didn't used to have are things like WhatsApp and other ways that we can talk with people. And I say that because I I Skype and do WhatsApp with my son who lives in Germany all the time. And you kind of get used to when he's not visiting here or I'm not visiting there, seeing his face and my, my daughter-in-law's face on the, on the computer screen, just like you and I get together once a week. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, but the, one of the things she mentioned, so there's, there's ways we can be sort of in connection to loving friends and supporters, right? And people mm-hmm. who, are, who are maybe going through the same thing. And, and she does say that she has friends, but no family locally. And and this is always the, the question too. Like, do your friends are they supportive? Are they supportive? Do they do they get it? Do they understand? Do they know that your cat or your dog meant what they meant to you, that they were really a family member who mm-hmm. was perhaps the most intimate connection that you have in the world and Cynthia saying hi this is uh this is Toby's mom Cynthia so great to have you with us Cynthia. and so you know, that's the thing do, do you so you kind of have to feel people out right about that and they may or may not be a person who's going to be really helpful to you and you have to be really cautious and careful with that because people mean well but even even people who may think that they understand may not necessarily understand and i and people are malicious but they don't necessarily say the right things at times yeah, you know yeah. and that can make it more the grief more complicated or more upsetting so as long as you have some people in your anyone who's grieving mm-hmm. to be cautious and to have those people close to you that do um, understand or can be supportive to you, which is helpful. The other thing is, uh, I think, as, as she was saying that she's single and alone, is trying to get through this is maybe to change a routine of some sort. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about that in the past. 
you know, come in. I don't know what um, Cynthia apartment looks like or your house, but come in a different way, come in a different time, move things around a little bit because it, it, it if it's, everything's the same, then of course, we, and sometimes it's hard if you only have one door in and out that, you know, I'm sure Toby was waiting for you. And what happens then is you walk in and your heart drops, right? Because he's not there. Um, where, what do you do with his things? Are they still around? They can be around. It depends how people feel. You know, sometimes you feel closer when, you know, his litter box or his, or his toys or his bowl is there. Some people decide that they don't want that around. It's an individual, you know, choice. But uh, sometimes just, I mean, we've had people say that, They've done things that they would have done with their animal with a, a collar or some kind of remembrance of the animal or to sleep with them, yeah. right? A lot of people do that, yeah. Or they get some kind of some kind of item that resembles them, a stuffed animal mm -hmm. often people will get. And and on the meetings that we've been having, people will show their their uh what would you call it? It's like a, it's a transitional a, object. Yeah, yeah, really. It's a, it's, I mean, that's the psychological term, right? It, but it's a, it's a representation mm -hmm. and it's very helpful for some people. And, you know, and very, the, blank, the blanket that, yep. that your animal had, or, yep. you know, some, we dress up our animals sometimes those little costumes of yep. stuff, like you said, stuffed animals. And that's been helpful for some people to sleep with at night. Yeah, and and writing, writing wow. as Cynthia did, writing a letter to us, keeping a journal, writing as we talked about last week, writing letters to your deceased pet, so that you get what is inside of you, all the emotional energy that's inside of you, outside of you, and you can look at it, you can read it, you can hang on to it. That that can be helpful as well. I do feel like there's there's always a a really central place for some kind of human contact in which you are allowed to talk about how you're doing, how you're feeling. I mean, that, that's, that's really the challenge for somebody who is single and there isn't a, there isn't a real community of support or family around. Mm -hmm. And, and the way I think about it is that you then try to find as much of that as you can. Mm -hmm. And, and another thing that people will talk about, and we've heard, We've heard this many, many times is they'll find a therapist yes, who is very skilled at working and, and with, companion animal loss. Right. right. And, and again, that's, that's something that you can't assume any therapist or any grief competent therapist. at. Yeah. Even a yeah. grief therapist. So right. one of the things that, that we've said is that we'll, we'll try to help you find somebody if you can't yeah. find somebody. But, but in any case, when you see a therapist, it's always a good idea to to interview them, essentially, mm -hmm. just the way you would interview any other professional who was going to be helpful to you. If you were going to interview, if you were going to use a lawyer or an accountant, you might ask them some questions about how they, how the work, how they do their work. Mm -hmm. And the same with a therapist, you'd ask them some questions about have they got experience working with right. people who've lost this an animal type of loss because it is unique. It's yeah. And, and so those are, those are some ideas and, also doing a ritual, right? Sure. So, so lighting candles or making some kind of area where Toby laid or played or something where, 
you know, um, some candles are, some mementos are, you know, um, what are some plants you buy for inside that would be helpful to do in his memory, right? Yeah. So some kind of ritual. Yep. So Nancy, do you want to read the second yes. note that we just got today? So we just got today. Thank you, Cynthia. Um, hi, Ken and Nancy. Thank you for notifying me about my story airing today. I'm actually in the USA visiting my family, so I will try to watch it live on YouTube. <laughs> and she is with us, by the way. Um, thank you for sharing how we are not going crazy when we do or think strange things after our pet's passing. I hated the litter box, but I found that I couldn't throw it out right away. It still has his paw marks in it, and his water and food bowls were hard to put away. I even searched the apartment for dust bunnies of his hair, and I found one of his nails that I recently cut, and I kept it. I wanted to let you know that I asked Toby to give me lots of signs before he died, and he has. The day he died, the ceiling light in the bathroom flashed on and off. I think she mentioned that in the first mm -hmm. uh, email. The next day when I woke up, an electrical device was beeping. Other signs have been hearing the bells of his collar, hearing sounds of him scratching in the litter box, having a dream about him, seeing some graffiti saying gatos, which means cats in Spanish. Mm. Nice. A bird on my terrace railing, one of his treats in my purse, etc. Every time he sends me a sign, I thank him and I cry. I also purchased a cat stuffed animal online to hug. Excellent. And I recently received his little bag of ashes and I hold that to my heart and I cry. It seems to help a little. Now I'm away from my apartment in Spain, visiting my family in the USA for three weeks. Hopefully I will be a little less sad when I return to an empty apartment. That's, Cynthia, when you kind of change your routine, maybe, uh, and the furniture around or something like that, if and when you walk in, it's very difficult. I still cry every day, but I'm telling myself that he is happy and healthy now near the Rainbow Bridge. I'm so grateful for the 17 years of love that we had together. Thank you so much for your support. You are both such a blessing. Well, thank you, Cynthia, for your kind words. So let's talk about the signs, right? Yeah, well, she had asked for them and yeah. there were a number of them. And they're all the kinds of things that we've heard about. Mm -hmm. uh, the treat in the purse is really interesting. I like that one. That's very interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes when there's, there's things that people find that you just wonder, like, how did, that, how did that happen? Yeah. where did that come uh, from? And I don't know, maybe she carried treats in her purse in general right before he died and there just happened to be one left over, but that's a very interesting one, I think. And the lights is all, there's often this sense that the, the, these visitations are, 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 they show up in terms of lighting stuff, like the mm -hmm. lights are going on and off, or they're doing all kinds of, you know, things that they would, that would not make sense in terms of real, the way electricity works in general. <laughs> so, but well, what I was going to say is that what's, what's important is that you understand them. That That's Cynthia right. understands them as messages. And so, yeah, when you see 
Gato written and you, you, you know, maybe, or maybe you've seen it before, but now you can, now it catches your attention. Sure. And it means something because you now, now you're, you're, you're ready to receive that message. And it now means something different because Toby's gone. Well, even, you know, a lot of people dream, have dreams, mm-hmm. not everyone, but a lot of people do have dreams of, of the, the, the companion animals that have lost and the, the hearing them, right. You can hear them. Like she said, she heard his, you know, the bells, I think mm-hmm. on, her, on his collar or the scratching in the litter box. Um, and that's not untypical either. And sometimes people think, oh, I just saw something, you oh, know, like something, all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and that's, and, and yes, Cynthia, you're not crazy for this. Nobody is crazy thinking that you have had signs and signals. No, and Cynthia just wrote, I didn't carry treats in my purse. It is strange. <laughs> See? <laughs> so, so that was uh, definitely, definitely so, a sign. Yeah, I, you know, these stories are are something. And yeah, I mean, I saw my, I when one of my dogs, my Chihuahuas died when they died in fairly rapid succession. I would see one of them all the time out of the corner of my eye, and then I'd sometimes just see her sitting on the bed. And you know, you you see see them, but it's a little different than the way you see them when they're physically present. And I I just feel like the more open we are to what's going on around us, the more likely we are to see these kinds of things. You remember Matt, do you remember Matt from the group, Matthew, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that had Tigger and Merlin? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I want to share this, maybe Matthew, I don't know if he's ever listening to these, but um, Matthew had a tabby, an orange tabby, right? Uh, Tigger and Merlin, who was black. And I think that they were brothers, if I'm not mistaken. And Tigger died first. um, And he had come to the group. Um, and you know, he was obviously devastated and, but he would, he talked about at night, you know, they had a routine, right? So he would be sitting watching TV and, um, they would come to him, meow. Okay, let's go to bed. And, and as he would stay in the, in the chair, they kept on coming down and and saying a louder meow. Right. Mm -hmm. So after Tigger died, Merlin continued that. So he would go upstairs and, he he was laying down one night and he had um what are they running lights in the uh-huh. hall right and all of a sudden they came on right he was in bed it was dark he they came on he goes well that's weird must be merlin and then he looks over and merlin's there uh-huh. right next to him okay and so he he says i wonder if that's Tigger. Mm-hmm. and it happened I guess for a few weeks off and on, and then it stopped. But he really believed that Tigger was there. Yeah, and I I believe it too. I mean, I think that we we need to trust our intuition. We need to trust Mm -hmm. our senses that are often broader than we have been told they are. And, you know, I've I've told the story about how I got in the car after Isabel died, turned on the radio, and the the, the rainbow connection was playing right, right from the first note. And that's a song that always was incredibly evocative for me about the when when I've lost a pet, and I immediately took that to be a sign that she was okay where she was. I mean, she had literally just died, and uh, I think that things like that are. 
I think that there's, if we're open to these things, there'll be lots of them. These and also they, they bring you peace and comfort, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what was it, what was it, one of, uh, one of the stories we just had, was it Julia? Or was it the opening of the clouds or the rainbow? Yeah, 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 we yeah. had rainbows, yeah. you know, at the time of near death, you know, yeah. right after. Um, and a lot of people talk about uh, ladybugs, um, yeah. you're right. And cardinals, right? <laughs> so, and I, I had a, I'm a young man that I am uh, working with whose mother died. And right after she died, he would see female cardinals. Uh -huh. And so, I mean, I, I, I think that that's wonderful. If that brings you peace and calm and, and is soothing and connects you back yeah. to your animal who's died. I, I think I've told this story once on, on one of these conversations, but another, another family came to the group. This is actually in our book as well. Another family came to the group and they talked about how there are two teenage children in the family and they would regularly sit at the dining room table or the kitchen table. I can't remember. And they do their homework after school and one day after their dog they had a boxer and the dog had died and they were sitting at their table doing their schoolwork and they heard scratching at the door and they didn't pay any attention to it at first because that was very common that's what their dog did when he wanted to come in and then it suddenly dawned on them that the right. dog had died it wasn't there anymore and so they went to the door and they opened the door and there was a, a toy, a, a rubber or plastic toy covered with mud on that door stoop that they had, that the dog had lost eons ago, that they totally lost track of. And the family telling the story said, our backyard is fenced. There is no way that somebody could be playing a joke on us. How would they know to play such a joke? But it was so comforting to them because yeah. it was there was really no way that they could explain that. It just there was no way to explain it. It's very similar to me to what Cynthia is describing because mm -hmm. how did a tree get in? How did a tree get in first? This stuff always makes me smile because mm -hmm. to me it just it just it exemplifies that we just don't know. You know, we don't know what really happens right. when we leave this life. Our and, bodies. Right. And there's so much, there's so many stories. There's so much that defies what would be thought of generally as rational explanation, but it, we find it deeply meaningful. And, and again, so I just want to mention one other thing that, that Cynthia talks about, and that's the hair and nails. And so they're, they're relics, you know, they're relics yes. of our, of our lost pet. And those can be really powerful things too. So, so for me, and, and she talks about the ashes for me every now and then I'll, I'll open up a little box where we have little tufts of hair of all of our dogs mm -hmm. and nice. they're not, yeah, we, we know exactly because they, they had different colored hair and mm -hmm. different textures. So we know who is Lily and who is Jack and, Isabel and Abigail, and that's very soothing too. Just to yeah. first of all, just to know that they're there, but you can actually physically you can actually reconnect. touch them, you can and, actually reconnect. Yeah, and this is Toby. I know, boy, it's always hard. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's little Toby. So he's beautiful. 
Yeah. Um, but we really want to thank Cynthia. For yes. Her. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing with us, Cynthia. And, and it sounds like Cynthia decided, I don't know if the trip was scheduled or not prior to, prior to Toby's death, but it's, it's good that she was able to connect with her family and visit mm -hmm. with them for a while. And when you go home to Spain, you know, we hope that you have peace. You know, I know it'll it'll take a while to really go through the grieving for Toby, but you you have some tools now. Yeah, and and Cynthia actually ended her note by saying, "If either of you want to visit, we're in Spain. I've actually been there twice on cruises. We've stopped for like just for a day or overnight. It's such a beautiful place. So Cynthia lives in an incredibly beautiful part of the world." <laughs> so nice. Yeah. So thank you again. And yes. always great talking with you, Nancy. Yes, it is. We'll see you next week. <laughs>